Alright, let me, okay, cool. Hey, can you hear me? Can't hear you. Mm -mm. No, I can't hear you. I can see you, but I can't hear you. See, see, see is it with the headphones or? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yo, what up, Camille? What it do? What's going on? I don't know. Make me see. I may have to rock the headphones. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see, let's see how this Not yet, nope. Hey, you can hear me though, huh? That's crazy. Hey. Try to disconnect your headphones, maybe that way. I can't hear you. Mm -mm. Oh, what's going on? Hold on, y'all. Hold on. Let's see. It's not letting me. I can't hear her. This is crazy. Let me see. Let me try audio, audio. Let me do it like this. Uh, oh, um, let me see, I'm not hearing nothing, okay, maybe, that's crazy, 
Alright, so. Yeah, all my audio stuff is right. Hold on, hold on, y'all. Hold on. I'm trying to get the sound right. I might have to try. I might have to go on my IG live. And I'll probably do it that way. Trying to get this stuff, this stuff, this stuff is launching. Uh, this feel like it's a hurt night. I figured this out because this should be working. I don't know why I came here. Maybe it was the headphones though, but um, it's all good though. Oh, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Ah, I don't know what's going on with my studio there. All right, me. All right, Ben, I'm about to start. Let me just holler at the radio, folks. Sure. It might be the, um, it might have been the app, too. I was reading some stuff about it. The Be Live app. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yo, what's going on, my radio audience? This is Rap About Radio. Um, you know, thanks for vibing with us. You know, um, I'm gonna pause the music for right now because we have a special guest with us, um, Kelsey Glass. Now, she got a list of things that she's involved <laughs> with, but I, I like to use the word, you know, she's in a progressive space, really, and, and holding it down and putting a lot of work in for the community. So, Kelsey, man, welcome. Thanks for connecting with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm glad we were able to work out those tech issues. Um, IG always yeah, holds it down, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you already know. So, you know, I wanted to, I did want to have this conversation with you because, like I see, you're really involved in what's going on, in, especially in these times in the community, and you got to, you're putting a lot of work in. And so I just kind of wanted you to share your story to our listeners because your story can help change, you know, some of the perspectives or the doubts that, you know, individuals have in trying to reach their goal or whatnot. So Mm -hmm. for starters, man, um, this is mental breakthrough, but, you know, kind of take me back if you would or can just, you know, and how you began or your expertise, your experience in this field you in now, you know, just kind of take me back. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I started off, I went to school for public relations and marketing, and I started off kind of knowing that I really didn't want to work for anyone else. Um, I graduated in 2010, so around that time, it was like the recession, and you really weren't going to get a bag in your space, in your career field, in your career lane. Um, And I think 
for me, and I was actually talking to someone who graduated at the same time, I think it was an opportunity, even though it felt like a challenge at the moment, because it really forced us to be independent and figure out our skill sets early on, figure out how to be entrepreneurs early on and not really have the luxury of working for somebody else and having that cushion because that will that could not for everyone it could stifle you you know if you have something that you can be fall back on and we didn't have that um so yeah i guess i would say it was a lot of grinding a lot of contract work working for like event companies um and really just building the tool sets that i use now to allow me to work with black people and women of color and small business owners i'm really just helping them amplify their brand so basically working Mm -hmm. as a contractor taking the tools that i learned at different companies and then like bringing them over to my community and saying you know this is what we have access to you can use this one for free this one costs this much you know what i mean and just really letting people know what they have available to them that can help their business grow quickly so right so so you said you always knew you didn't want to work for nobody. So when you went to school, what was your what would you what did you major in when you went to school? Sure. So I went to UNC Chapel Hill and I was in the journalism school with the focus in public relations and marketing. Oh. Um I really thought I wanted to be a publicist. Um I definitely almost exclusively do marketing now. Like that's <laughs> that's his own monster. Um and I think marketing is like more quantifiable. You can show your results. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we did this, we got this many new leads, we got this many new customers right. versus public relations is kind of like relationship building twenty four seven. So <laughs> right. So do I, I find you do you find it amazing though? Because you said journalism and low key you're you're heading into that space now for what you measure. It may be in the you know, it's in a new age or modern time. But you're in that journalism and like, because I want to ask you a little bit about the black exchange. We'll get to that in mm-hmm. a second. But sure. uh, you, I find it amazing how you're kind of full circle kind of diving into that world now. So um, I still want to kind of get back on your upbringing. So are you having a relationship with your, your family? Like, what is that like? Are you and your mom or pops close? Or if not, you know, what is that mm-hmm. relationship like? Sure. Yeah, no, I think my I have an amazing family. Um I have both my parents in my life. I have an older sister. Um, And I think the relationships that I have with them have really encouraged me to do what I want to do. Like my family and my parents, in my mind, are like successful Black people, um, but they always let me do what I wanted to do. They never try to pressure me to like follow a traditional, you know, way of doing things. And so I feel very lucky. Um, And I feel like the older I get, and, you know, starting to see people have kids around me and, like, making those plans. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, people don't have it as good as I had right, it. They right, don't right. have this understanding of a relationship. And everything I do, they support. Like, if, when we talk about the Black Exchange, like, my dad is actually a journalist. Um, he's retired now. But he's always, like, he's mm-hmm. written a couple of articles. Um, he wants to support any way he can. He's a great writer. So that's a good resource, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a full circle moment, right, too, of right. just, like, being from a family in that space and then them being willing to push the whatever I'm doing. Also, I used to call them like a NAACP family because they're very like traditionally like solid. Like they're woke, mm, they're successful, okay. they're not problematic, you know, they chill, but then, you know, they have their opinion. Like they're just a really positive, well-rounded family. Right, right. No, I, 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 always, I always ask my guests that because, you know, when we get into these, these space, especially now, when now we're dealing with different forces that's going to come against you, I always like to kind of, you know, map out, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need faith, right? So I want to ask you about your faith, but 
Like, where did you know? Do you what? What you Where's your faith now? And is it strong? And then, was did your family have something to do with you know having solid faith? Sure. Um, I think I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and my sister is extremely religious. My family is not like very traditionally religious, but um, one thing that I've loved about my father and what he's instilled in me is just like, whatever you choose to practice, be a good person and like put out that type of energy into the world. Um, and that's the best you can do. Um, I think for me, like, I definitely believe in a higher power, but I don't always necessarily believe in some of the pillars of organized religion um, just because I think that people need to interpret a lot of things for themselves um, but I love 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 the study of religion and how it creates a moral compass for people um, and helps them feel hopeful you know when things aren't going well and be optimistic when they're at their lowest so no definitely definitely I'm, I'm with you I'm more, more spiritual than the, the religious aspect but uh, you know, I think I just think that's key, especially as being an entrepreneur and doing for self. You gotta have, so you have to have faith in the higher power just to get through the, the struggles part. So let me let me jump into you know, can you unpack you know the Black Exchange? Um, I see you founded that, and that's so. Can you explain elaborate a little bit more on what that is? Yeah, so that kind of was born out of what do I do and how do I contribute to this moment happening right now for black people? And for me working in the marketing and digital space, I knew that sustainability was key. I think that um, the conversations that I have a lot with my peers now is that this moment is amazing and it's great and we need to leverage it, but it's not sustainable unless we actively build infrastructure to sustain it. Like next summer, we're not going to have everybody being intentional shopping with black businesses that just made a ton of money this summer, but next year they might be in the same place trying to figure out how they can market. So I wanted the black exchange a robust entity that included news, actions, events, businesses, and I wanted it to be a resource for black owned businesses. So I want to list your business for free. I want you to, um, send me your new collections and your announcements, send me your events. I want this to be a one-stop shop, um, especially because the work that I do, I know that there is drop-off. So when you have to go to a bunch of different places, like I want to sign this petition and I want to shop here, um, people won't follow through on all the steps because they have to go to too many places. Right. And so um, I want the Black Exchange to make that more cognitive so it's more impactful. So ideally, it's all about sustain sustainability of the black community um, and of the movement. Like, what does it look like in 2025 when no one in a corporate structure is saying Black Lives Matter anymore? Not that many black people are necessarily on the front lines, but we still want to sustain and have economic success so that we have more authority, you know what I mean, in everything else. Right, right, right. Right, right. So how, what, was the, what, what was your feedback on it so far? So you said... You you birthed this idea, I guess, with this year, or was it something you always had in the back of your mind to do? Sure, I, it came really at the height of the protest. I went at first. I was like, oh, you know, right, let's okay. highlight black-owned businesses, and then I was like, well, everybody's doing that. That's not thoughtful, Kelsey. Like, what else can you do? Because right. every website was listing them. You know, their websites that were developed specifically for that, and I felt like I needed to really think about what I know about like the digital space and how I can be impactful um, for this movement. So it definitely came out yeah. literally 
like within a month and then I kind of announced that I was doing it and it kind of gave me the pressure to be like okay you say you're launching July 1st do you have to get this done it has to be quality um and just you know head down do the work so (laughs) all right no 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 no, that's dope so I mean because I so you know I came across you um uh, I, I have, you know, mutual friends that, you know, like I said, they say you're good. You're definitely good people. So I definitely want to reach out to you. But I seen you had a conversation with, um, what's that guy named Lucas, whatever his name was. When he, when oh, he came at Tamika, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, and, but you, you did, you held, you, you did what you were supposed to do. And I applaud you for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So stepping in this, this, this world, this space now, because you, you're on the front lines for our people, right? What what mm-hmm. has been some of the challenges so far that you met, you know, trying to reach our people and trying to put change in the world? Like, what are some of the challenges you came across? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think as Black people and as Black women, our existence is political. So um, everything we do, everything we say, even if we don't mean for it to be political, is politicized. And usually I like to stay on mm-hmm. behind the scenes and, like, do the digital work like if there's a brand or organization doing some work i want to be on the back end helping them with their marketing plan etc but in that particular instance i never do stuff like that but i was triggered and i i hated that i hated how we felt like i stand tamika mallory i stand a lot of men and women who are on the front lines who are doing way more than i could even have time to do and when i just saw obviously on the blog like how disrespectful he was being to her I was like, okay, well, I'm going to join it. And my girlfriend was in the um, live and she was like, click on the fire, like talk to the fire. And he was like, oh yeah, like, who, you know, I'll engage for her. And honestly, right. I really didn't even shred him as much as I wanted to because one thing that I've learned or one thing that I try to do is to keep my energy leveled um, because as black women, we don't have the luxury to yell like, you're, like your crazy ass is yelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to let you talk yourself into a hole, which I do. I ask questions. I'm like, I ask questions to make you think about what you're saying. Um, but I also yeah. think that one thing that I had to personally learn was to um, step back when you need to step back and learn when you need to learn. Like, I try to be as intentional as I expect people to be about Black people and the Black experience. Like, if there's a Black experience that I'm unfamiliar with, I'm going to open the doors for someone else whose experience is like that. You know what I'm saying? Um And I think that's the problem, like, when people get a platform about Black issues or whatever progressive issues, they uh, talk about all of them. And I think that also it's like a credibility thing. Like, if somebody's watching who is about whatever life they ask me a question about, they could check me for that. So I'm definitely about, you know, stepping up and then stepping back, like, when it's necessary. No, definitely. So... Expand. I'm gonna get another question, but expand a little bit more. You say everything we do is, you know, black women is uh, politicized. Like, unpack that a little bit more. Why did? Why would you say that? I mean, I think that even though we don't really have a choice, like for example, when you or I, depending on the space, walk into a room, there are assumptions based on who we are, what we believe, um, what who our fam, what our family's like. Um, and I think that that leads people down a rabbit hole of like, you know, trying to give us an existence that we might not necessarily, or a box that we might not necessarily fall into. And I think that that is a way to politicize our existence, um, to give reason to why we're in a certain space. Um, and I feel like it's just a way to judge us. And so 
one ex a couple experiences that I've had, especially like working in the marketing space early on before I could choose like who I wanted to work with was that people were always shocked at like, you know, how well informed I was or like whatever, just weird stuff. And I'm just like, so I came into this room and you were just yeah. like, you probably this type of whatever stereotypes that they were projecting onto me. And I'm like, okay, well, since I don't have a choice, <laughs> like you already have, right, you know, right. pushed whatever thoughts on me. I'm going to speak for people who look like me and whether it's like my sis whose experiences are nothing like mine or whatever, or are like mine, I'm going to advocate for her too, because she's not in this room. And since you already assumed that we are yeah. the same person, let's talk about it. You know? So I think that right, right. black people, so why, brown what, people, what? I, I was just going to say, I think that black people, no, and brown ahead, people, sorry, they, like we just don't really um, get a choice to, not be judged or be a pawn in anything when we're just moving through space. You know, people are shopping and you're assumed that you're doing something bad. And it's like, because we don't have that choice, it encourages me to just do the work. You know what I mean? Like, if you're already going to assume these things about me, let me call it out and address it since I'm in this room because you're not going to learn <laughs> otherwise. Right, right, right. So let me ask you, what, do, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, because I remember... I, some takeaways I had from when you was going going engaging with homie or whatever his name was. Uh, but what do you think is, because I, I feel like, you know, as a community, we kind of need to kind of just separate and kind of just focus on in-house stuff like our own IBS that we're dealing with. But we got so many outsiders that we care about their opinions and this, that, and the third. Like, So what is your opinion on, you know, us just kind of separating ourselves from society, if you would, and kind of uh, fixing our problems at home, then we can address the outside communities and things of that nature. So what is your, you know, perspective on, you know, separation a little bit? Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not really opposed to that. And I think it's a good idea. I think that it's just not, it's hard because it's not a lived experience. So it's hard to do, right? I mean, when you think about on the most basic level, like when right now, when black people are trying to be intentional about who they support, there are certain resources that we just can't get to if it because it's not black owned. Like there's resources that oh I want this right, right, I want right. to support this thing because it's black owned. I want to sleep at this hotel. I want to do whatever, and we just can't do that. And so I think um, the racism and slavery and just like the way history has set us up, it doesn't allow us to be separate separate in a safe and like conscious way but I am all about us doing the work at home and planning you know what I mean and I think what we're seeing now is allowing us to um, address you know protecting ourselves you know black and brown people are right, right. being trained the way that some of the white community members are and we're being more intentional about you know what I could buy this from a white person but I'm going to google if a black person makes this item right. or whatever and so I think that type of work and the volume that we're seeing that at is helping us hone in on that. How do we support and sustain our community? Um, and what I will say is that, right. like, I am all about allyship, too. But, like, there are very few, like, really great, really about that shit allies that are non-Black people. And yes. so I think when you find one of those people, though, you know. And they and they are also the type of people that step back. Like, they don't ever offer peace. They just sit back and listen. So, like, when this guy, you know, Lucas was right. like, you know, I'm an ally, whatever, whatever. It's like, you're not an ally dictating shit to a Black person. And that's what I had to right, tell him. Right. And real allyship. And so, again, like, I agree. Like, I, there's a lot that our community has to work on. 
Um, I think that we need to be intentional about like supporting our community in every aspect, whether you're going to be an educator, whether you're going to be a business owner, whether you're going to be a consumer, whether you're going to be a thought leader. Um, yeah. But I also think that when an ally comes along, like vet them and then, you know, they're still going to be in rooms that are going to offer us opportunities. You know what I'm saying? All right, right. Yeah, no, nah, I, I, that, that's, that's deep because I asked that because I want to know, like, how much does that influence your, your work you do? Because you're like, man, I'm looking, I'm research, you got so many partnerships with so <laughs> many different companies and things of that nature. So when you're at the table with, you know, I'm saying Verizon workers or these companies, like, how much of that in your mind or influence your decisions on the things you try to accomplish, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think luckily where I'm at right now in life, I've been able to say yes and no to things. And I definitely understand that a lot of people and a lot of Black people don't have that luxury right now. Um, but because I was so intentional um, years prior, um, I think I got to the point where I can pick and choose whether the companies and organizations that I work for are actually doing the work that they say they're doing. Um, but when I come to the table, especially this year, but even before this year, because I just really never really cared, but definitely this year, it's all about accountability. And I think this year you can be unafraid to say the things that you want to say to hold people accountable, you know, and to look around the room and say, you know, well, so-and-so, I know that diversity and inclusion is a huge part of our organization. But when I look around this room, I don't see that. You know what I mean? And just address yeah. that head on. And maybe a couple of years ago, they would have been, it would have been very buttoned up. But this year, it's like, you said Black Lives Matter, you invested this much money in inclus inclusivity, and all this kind of training. So like, you have to do the work, I want to see it be done. And I think, for me, and not to be pessimistic, I think that we might not ever see another time like this um, mm. to, to advocate for ourselves so aggressively and not yeah. be misinterpreted. <laughs> You right, know, right, like right. you can advocate for yourself all the time, but it won't be misinterpreted because it's like, you know what? I've learned, I read a lot and she's right. You know, I'm being informed yeah. that she's right. So let's do the work, you know? Right, right, right. So this, that segued me into my next pillar because I have four pillars to, to, to push the theme of this, uh, which is character though. Um, you spoke a little bit about, of course, your family, but, you know, build a little bit more about your character, how, you know, how mature you've grown into this space you're in now and how character leads your decision making like how big are you are you on character sure um man i think that again like having that really awesome like family life really i hope <laughs> made me a solid character but i would say the people that are around me the people that i choose to be in my life like my friends you know all my loved ones are really great people um, I have a friend who's about to be one of the elected council members in DC. She's only 32 years old. Like I have friends who are, you know, lawyers who are doing the work on the front lines. You know, I have, my girlfriend is a teacher. She's been teaching for 10 years and she teaches third and fourth graders in Trinidad. And so it's like these people around me really challenge me to continue to be a good person and open my eyes to experiences that I might not have because they have good character. And I think if you keep people around you that hold you accountable, um, you're going to go far. I mean, I don't, I would, I, you know, that's like a question I may ask someone else, like, you know, what do you think? <laughs> How's my character? You know what I mean? And I, I really do try to be a great person. Um, I try to be supportive of everything and everyone. And I also try to hold myself to the same standards that I hold other people. So like, when I want people to be 
you know, aware of my experiences. I try to be aware of other people's experiences. Like, you know, I'm not a handicapped person, but I try to have empathy in that Good. space, the same empathy I expect in return. Um, and when I feel myself like not caring about something because it's not my experience, I always check myself. You know, like I was scrolling through Instagram and right, I saw right, something right. and then I was like, why did I scroll past that conversation that is a progressive space that I'm not in? You know what I mean? I'm not disabled, but let me scroll back and like be intentional about caring because that's how people are scrolling past the stuff that we're talking about. You know what I mean? And they're not right, right. being, you know aware of what we're going through and they're not educating themselves so like i try to be that same type of person in every space no i i i, I ask that because you know um you know as when you do for yourself and i can see from you like when i when i posted that i was gonna have a conversation with you people was hitting me up like oh yeah i know what you good so it was, it was one of those things to where especially when you're serving our community it's not the you know you instagram can tell you one thing but it's the people that's that's gonna vouch for you and you had mm -hmm. folks that was vouching for you, so I just want to kind of, you know, get a gauge on, you know, where did your good character come from um, or whatnot. But uh, let me ask you, you got, you know, you have friends and family supporting you. You know, how does how do they feel about, you know, the world you went down, but as far as how do you deal with fear, if if any, right? I said mm -hmm. that because, you know, like you, do, you had dude, he was trolling, and I think he was doing that for some type of clout or to get some, you know, I don't know who he was, but you have oppositions that's going to come against you, right? You had some this year, and gonna, you're going to have that moving forward, you know, especially with the Black Exchange and this, that, and the third. So what is your, your fear base, if any, in, in how you handle, you know, dealing with the Black community? Because, again, you know, you have Satan who don't want to see this, who don't want to see right. unity and us, you know, striving for better. So how do you deal with that? I mean, I, honestly, that's a really great question because I never really thought about that. But I think one thing that I try to do is just talk to the people that I want to talk to. So right. when people are pushing back or when they don't agree or where they think, oh, it's more to the story. Oh, well, he must have done something, whatever. You're not my audience then. So I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And right. so I think we're when allies show up or when people are ready to learn or even black or white people are ready to learn, they're going to do the work and they're not going to comment and be negative. And I also think that a lot of people who comment um, and are negative on the internet are doing it for show. Like it is to entertain themselves. They are dark people and they entertain themselves. So I don't really care. It's very weird. I will go back and forth with people, but it's very rare. Like you have to say something that is somewhat well-informed, but also yeah. uninformed. Otherwise, if you're just spitting out blanket statements, I don't engage with you because you're not my audience. And I also don't need to dirty any of the brands that I work with or the work that I'm doing by going for, back and forth with someone who just wants to see me angry. Um, right. So I guess in terms of fear, like, I don't know. I don't really have a lot I mean, of fear. Let me stop because I, 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 I use that term, not saying you have it, but I use that term mm -hmm. because it's politics and everything we do, right? So, you know, I may go to the table with certain, this organization, but uh, they don't like that. I'm spiritual, say so to speak. So I use that term, you know. So when they, you at the table with these certain entities, you know, saying and don't like that you're working with the black community because they want to keep the black community in a slave-like mentality. How do you deal with that opposition? That's you know. Right. I mean, I think that, and when you say they want to keep us in slave-like mentality, are you talking about a black organization or a white organization? No, no, no. Just I mean, you could, you can have, you could, it, you can have, you know, black people. Black organizations still, still trying to keep us down. Like, 
But mm -hmm. just overall, you know what I'm saying? Because I know you, you you sit at a table with different black, white, it don't matter. But just, you know, you do, but you do have those who still want to keep the black community down. And so, mm -hmm. and, and because of that, and you're doing good, they'll try to curtail you with this, that, and the third, put you in a bad position. How do you mm -hmm. deal with that moving forward? Yeah, I think that's when um, it comes into place, like who you choose to work with. Like, and I, again, I definitely understand that I'm privileged in the fact that I can walk away from a situation like that. But I think if, if, if you, if there's pushback and I say something and there's no compromise that you're willing to make, then there's no way that our relationship can be successful working together anyway. So this is pointless. And I think that's also when you like tap into your tribe, like, Recently, I've been able to work with a lot of Black women-run and owned organizations, and we don't have those types of conversations. And um, I think that it's a gift to be able to work in those spaces and to not have to subject yourself to work in spaces that, um, you know, are stressful. Yeah. You have to think about your mental stress and your mental sanity, too. It's like you go into work every day, you know some people hate you, but you need to get your check. And a lot yeah. of Black people deal with that because they don't have the privilege of choosing the spaces that they work in. They, you know, have right. bills, they have families they're taking care of. They don't have the same type of privilege as their white counterparts. And I definitely think that right now, those people should be holding people accountable. Cause those right. same people are saying black lives matter. And, and you know secretly that they don't really believe that, but hey, I can I can say something right now because yeah. you said it. You know what I mean? Here are the facts. Well, like on Tuesday, you said yeah, yeah. in the email you sent out, this is a meeting about inclusivity and race but you haven't addressed any of these things and it's like okay you're right <laughs> you know what can you say to that right, so I definitely right, think right. leverage this moment if you're in a situation that you can't get out of or you need you need that job right now still leverage this moment you know what I mean and also know that there are protections in place for you now than ever before so if you feel like you said something and there was pushback or now you're being retaliated against tap into all these pro bono organizations and these black lawyers mm. who are willing to step up and at a minimum scare them <laughs> into like saying, okay, you know what? We're right, not gonna, right. She's good. You know what I'm saying? And people are really doing the work um, and being on the ground for black people right now. Right, 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 right. That's interesting. So I'm, I'm going to lead that into, you know, cause you just kind of, you kind of gave some game to, you know, ones that's going to come up after you or that's in the same lane you. So let me ask you about, uh, patience, because I feel like patience is is very key for when you're doing for self. I, I, I like to say doing for self because as an entrepreneur, that's what we do. We, we 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 find a goal, we set out a goal, and we complete it on our own. We we reach out, but we get it done ourselves. Um, what are, what's patience been like for you? Um, that you, now that your time is this this year, and it, it's not by accident. I don't believe in coincidence. So. You know, what are your take on, you know, just patience and how have your patience been tested? You know, you've been doing this, building relationships for years, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it got you to this point to where you're able, like you said, to leverage it. So, you know, talk a little bit more about patience and then the patience you had to have uh, in your mm -hmm. journey. Sure. Yeah, I would say being patient um, really is about trusting yourself um, mm -hmm. because, I definitely had moments, and I'm not gonna lie, in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I had like a very brief moment, but everybody did. But it was kind of like, you yeah. know, like 20% of the work that I do is in the event space, specifically with like black owned venues and stuff like that. And granted, um, all my other work is digital work. You know, I had a moment where I was just like, 
why would you want to be an entrepreneur? Like everyone who is doing really well, who has the most cushion right now, the people who are going from the office to work from home for the rest of the year, work for a corporate entity. And like yeah. entrepreneurs were the one having to pivot sharply. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we, I, my, tomorrow I need to get my check or whatever. And yeah, so yeah. I definitely had a moment, um, but then one, being reaffirmed by the people around me who love me and two, checking back in with myself and being like, hey, you did all this work already. So whatever that pivot looks like for you, you right. can do that. And I think, again, just like having trust in your abilities will let you be patient. Um, and I will say like quickly, like my digital clients picked up and they were like investing more in digital because they had to. So they were investing more in me. And then within the last like couple of months, that patience aspect, I like have been overwhelmed and like, have been turning people down or trying to find capacity to work with brands that I really want to see grow. Um, but it was a patience moment and just trusting yourself sitting back. I mean, you know, I definitely had to drink and smoke a little bit earlier on a lot more than, you know, in the beginning yeah, of the yeah. pandemic, but just really <laughs> tapping into who you are um, and trusting the work that you've already done. And also trusting that you're capable of learning something new. So I think, you know, a lot of times when we're pivoting as entrepreneurs, we have to Google and do some online classes and learn some new technology. Um, and mm. that's a patience thing because you're investing mm. in yourself and you're being patient mm -hmm. and then you know moving forward it's going to be worth it. So, um, yeah, I would say that's where my patience no, that, that's, And just being confident. That's key. That is, oh, that's so key. Lord knows. So, you know, but you talk about trusting yourself. Like, what do one do to gain the confidence themselves? Say, for example, you know, they starting out trying to figure out what they want to do. And that's a journey on itself, just to trying to figure out your own gift. But how do one take get confidence when they feel like they never did it before? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm -hmm. I never I never did this job before, so I'm not sure. Because I come across a lot of people that feel like, well, I have to do the work first before I put myself out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So how do one gain that trust in themselves? You know, that's why I bring up faith a lot. But how do mm -hmm. one gain that confidence? I mean, I think it's a bit of balance of doing a little bit of both. Like, you definitely have to do some work leading up to it. Um, but I also think that you have to... One thing that I say is that, like, when someone wants to start something new, it's like no one thinks exactly like you. You could think that, oh, this space is oversaturated or, oh, someone is already doing this or they can do it better, but they aren't you, literally. And whether you guys have similar ideas, um, no one thinks exactly like you. And you alone are collateral. You are a commodity. People are marketing to you. People want your opinion. Like, you as an individual are collateral. And so have confidence in the fact that you are a valuable person um, and have confidence in the fact that you are who you are. Um, and I definitely think it's a, a layer of things. You know, it's knowing a little bit of it, not always needing to know everything, having really great relationships with people who can help you. Like a lot of times when I'm asked to do mm -hmm. stuff, like I'll outsource to people. You know what I mean? Like I'll say, oh yeah, I can do it. And then I'll like tag yeah. in a partner to get a bag. You know what I'm saying? But it's positioned myself to be yeah, yeah. like, listen, she can either do it or plug you into something. Um, and I also think it's about uh, having a willingness to learn. So learn, um, doing some work upfront, being confident in yourself as the collateral and as the valuable person, and also just being a nice and good person. Like people want to see you win. A lot of people are not prepared for their jobs when they start them, but they're nice people. 
They are doing the work. They're staying late. They want to learn. And so it creates an atmosphere of people wanting to see you succeed. You know, most people are not qualified for their jobs when they start, you know, but they learn. For real, right, right, right. So let me ask you, before I get to my last pillar, can you just, all right, I'm going to go down the list, just kind of, kind of, you know, unpack it a little bit if you can. So I got Black Exchange, the Swiss mm -hmm. DC, you do marketing for them, uh, Girla, your podcast, uh, Outreach Coordinator for Tap Magazine, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, marketing for the Wharf, District Wharf, and then you got uh, Million Five, I think that's clothing, right? So, mm -hmm. Unpack, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did all these different things come about? And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, how did these come about? Because you, you all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, though. All those things, like, fold into who we are as people, right? I think another thing is that we feel like, this is my lane, this is my specialty, but you know that you're interested in so many yeah. other different things. Um, and people, we're not monolithic yeah. people. I don't like to just speak on podcasts, you know what I mean? So me and Fire started completely yeah. in the fashion space, like um, graduated from college. That was like my first ever business that I started. And it was kind of, I started with a partner of mine who she was like, you know, she majored in fashion merchandising in French. I had majored in marketing. I'm like, yo, let's start this while we're building this other stuff. This is this will be fun and creative. Um, and it took off. You know what I mean? We were featured in like Essence yeah. and we were featured in like Vibes at the time or whatever. And it was a really great learning experience because we didn't have any of the tools that we have now. Like there was no social media ads. There was like Instagram and Facebook, yeah, but there were yeah. no ads. There was no ways to create lead generation. But all the things that I learned from there, like tapped me into the Wharf and on Tap Magazine, um, where I started to be able to um, manage their social media efforts. So I started managing their social right. media um, just because I used to be on Meal and Fire, like organically pushing stuff. And then I started to self-teach myself as soon as Facebook would roll out something new with ads. I'd be like, oh, like, let's do this. Let's do this. And it tapped me into this other space. Um, and then once I started doing their social media, I started to get into events, um, which also kind of led me to the Sweet CC right. being in the events management space. But all these things were, like, connected. Um, and I believe someone from On Time Magazine maybe had bought something from Meal and Fire. Or they featured us in the magazine. And then when I was talking to them on the phone, like, yeah, this is what we do for it. And they're like, wow, like, we need someone to do that for us. And then it kind of just kept snowballing into other things. Um, and so it's just so interesting right. how all of those things overlap. And I think once you're doing the work, you get the experience. And I was like, wow, I majored in marketing. I taught myself a lot of these digital tools. Um, and now I can continue to share those and continue to grow it. And I think Black Exchange is a culmination of all those tools, right? Like you can write. Yeah. I've had a business. I can support businesses. I do marketing. I can market these organizations. i <laughs> like did a bit and you know what I mean it kind of is like this robust but intentional site um and it's like you know my little baby so I think that um all those things kind of overlap and I think that it's a great example of how each of us are you know what I mean like you're hosting this yeah. but you have so many other things that you do um and the conversations that yeah. you have are transitioning into the community work that you're doing and so you know what I mean I think that black people yeah. are getting a great opportunity like main squeeze says to be multifaceted and be that way publicly like i do all these right. things they all relate yeah. and i care about each of these things equally you know right right you know that's 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 facts you know i'm because you know I, that's the universe to me i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna ask you about politics i don't like talking politics but i will <laughs> say this 
Trump being, I would say this, Trump being there and the pandemic has forced a lot of us or black folks in the community to do for themselves, to figure it out and get up and, and put, just put the work in like you said. So I want to ask you about just your, your love. That's the last pillar I have, your love for, uh, because I'm, I'm watching you, right? And I'm listening to you and you have all these different skill sets, but the universe has used some skill sets for you to be on the front lines where you are now, right? Mm -hmm. So where did this love for black folks come from with you and, and, and the work that you're doing? So where did, what was that birth like? Where did this mm -hmm. love come from to where you're, gonna, you're going hard now and stop for us? Yeah, I think, man, I think growing up, uh, being born and raised in Washington, D.C. creates a different type of love for your blackness and a different types of confidence in black people. Um, you know, I went to high school at Banneker, so we were at Howard all the time. Like our graduation was at Howard, our prom, you know, our formals were at Howard. And you're just surrounded um, with great representation. And I think that a lot of black people across the country in different metropolises don't necessarily get this well-rounded black experience. Um, and I just love black people. I love right. being black. Um, I love our skin. I love our culture. I love how creative Black people are. Um, I love learning that a Black person did something. Like a Black person actually designed this or a Black person actually created this because it, it all makes so much sense. But I will definitely attribute that to just being right. born and raised in D.C. and just seeing like, and also like I think we're different Black people in D.C. because it doesn't matter like where you are or what class you're in or whatever. You are exposed to everyone in every culture. It's not like suburb and then like the city it's like we're all kind of here together you know yeah, yeah. going to school like I went to junior high school in southwest um I went to like Whittier elementary school across the school from college or from Coolidge and then mm. and you just had this well-rounded experience all while going to the go-go's on a weekend you know what I'm saying <laughs> so like you just really got black yeah. culture um black fun Black stress and black pain, black love, like all at the same time. So, yeah, I definitely attribute my love right, to black right, people right, to right. DC. <laughs> no, nah, real talk. So, you know, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on and just connecting with me and uh, the listeners. Uh, just, you know, just one little, you know, encouraging words for, you know, ones coming up after you or the ones that still in the, that's in this lane you are. You know, because um, we don't have to be stuck into, you know, the box. You know, coming up, I used to hear, you know, master, you know, learn this before you try to be a jack of all trades. But I'm sorry, entrepreneur, man, being mm -hmm. a jack of all trades is paying, is paying off. You know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, what words do you have, you know, just the young black woman coming up after you that, you know, that's coming up into this space and, and eventually going to have to get on these front lines and kind of really put that work in? Like, what would you kind of just tell them? If you could. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that I'm thinking about for 2020, maybe the decades of tw the 2020s, is um, to just leverage this opportunity. Um, I think that 
again, like we're never going to experience a moment like this and double up, triple up or whatever you want to do because next year it'll help propel you and then help you plan for when people don't care about you anymore. Um, Because don't think they will. You know what I mean? I read something recently where Black Lives Matter support from the white community has dropped by like 25%. It was like a fade, a fad for them. They were shopping with black brands and posting black people on their Instagram pages. And people who leveraged that opportunity might have made a million dollars and they might be making $200 this week, but they are able to invest in themselves and pivot that way. So I think for black women, for black men, you have to leverage this opportunity. You have to be aggressive. Um, hold everyone accountable who says they want to work with you because next year you might not be able to have these same tough conversations and still get a yes right um and so we're all we're getting yeses right now because you're black but guess what when you get in those doors you're going to do the work you're going to create opportunity for other black people go ahead and black and brown up those offices (laughs) um and then next year you've already set this foundation to continue to see this work grow with or without that support so yeah, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Listen, I appreciate you uh, for coming on, uh, connecting with us. Um, I like, you know, you dropped a lot of free game and leverage the opportunity. So I'm with that 100%. Uh, so anything you got, you know, where everyone can follow you, uh, find you, um, and anything else you got coming up, you know, down the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> all the time. But yeah, if you just follow me at the fire. I definitely try to have a good balance on my page of the work and of the fun. Um, and so I definitely have a couple of clients that I'm working with that are really rolling out some really great programming for women of color and black women, um, working with some black owned beauty, beauty brands and also really helping um, eradicate racism in the workplace for black people. So I'll continue to share um, some of those projects that I'm working on Um and we'll definitely plug you guys in. Like, pull up. Everything's free that I do. So, like, you know, let's have a good time right, and I'll right. continue to share with one another. Well, yeah, listen, I appreciate you, man. Listen, thank you for connecting with me, you know. I hope to network with you in the future. You know, stay connected. Uh, you know, thank you again. And to my radio listeners, man, I was Kelsey Glass. Listen, love is your opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Not facts. I'm going I'm to quote that. So, appreciate you coming on and connecting with me. Have a blessed Sunday. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it. Bye.